It's time to join Montana's very own and your voice for agriculture, Talking Ag Lane Nordland, for today's LaneCast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to yet again another agriculture conversation on the LaneCast Ag Podcast and also our video broadcast on Facebook and YouTube, brought to you by the LaneCast and Western Ag Network. And I tell you what, friends, I just returned from Colorado Springs where I attended the Colorado Cattlemen's Association's 155th convention. But uh, what everyone was asking about was, of course, the flooding going on in southern Montana. We're seeing the images all the way from Gardner, uh, past Billings, just the impact that the mighty Yellowstone is having on on the nature, on the citizens of Montana, and uh, it's just devastating to see. And uh, I I wanted to talk about that here today, so I I wanna introduce one of our friends in the agriculture sector. Uh, Mr. John Lockie is joining us, and John, of course, you live there uh, in Yellowstone County. Uh, First off, uh, how are you and your family and neighbors uh, today? Uh, our place right now, Lane, is doing pretty good. Um, I I can't complain in comparison to what other people are going through. Um, our houses are dry. Um, our uh, the krill has dried out. Um, my in laws are on the same place as me. Their place is dry right now, um, but it is absolutely unbelievable when you look at how the river has turned, and it jumped up just exponentially um, from Sunday on until Monday morning. Um, and I was able to get uh, one neighbor out. Um, they got some horses and goats and that type of thing and got them up to our place for a couple nights. But then this morning, the river was up again and it pushed into our barn and we had to get them evacuated again out of the barn. Well, I, I, as we can see, we're sharing some of the images that you just uh, sent over on uh, your cell phone and just being able to 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 see this and and of course everyone on facebook is sharing uh videos of the different flooding but from an agriculture perspective as like like you mentioned we have to take care of our livestock we there there's we we can't just load up the family photos and and the keepsakes and pray that our our home and our belongings are okay uh we we have a lot to think about what 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 have been some of the the things that you've heard from fe- fellow uh neighbors out there just trying to to get uh, livestock to to high h- higher ground and just uh, making sure they're taking care of everything you know it actually it's been very encouraging when you look at um how we treat each other in agriculture more often than not it's they're throwing open their doors hey i've got room for cows i got room for a few horses bring them over um heck i got you know a little stack of hay go ahead and just grab a bale what do you got to do just go for it um you know this this video right here is the neighbor's place that we evacuated um and the yellowstone's going right through the middle of their pasture right now um they just moved up nice uh, couple come up from arizona um and they're just trying to enjoy montana and they really don't know anybody so I, I drove down to their yard and said, hey, guys, we got to get you out of here and got to get you out of here now. And so we evacuated all their stuff up to my place. Um, I mean, it's going to have to take an eight foot of water is going to have to disappear before they're able to use it again. Um, so everybody's you know kind of throw in together, do the best we possibly can. Um, you know, we're cut off from going and doing some things. I can't get up to my cattle um, where they're on pasture right now. Um, I'm, I might be able to by the weekend. Hopefully the bridges situation will work around. We can get around a few places and go out and look at the cattle. Um, but and it's just going to be a, a bit of a mess for the, the rest of the summer. You know, now all this stuff has flown across the hayfield. And that's right there looking at um, the north end of my hayfields. 
and they're under two and a half foot of water, I suppose. Um, and there's really not a good way for to get it out. That's, um, I was lucky to have a little bit of hay left over for the winter. Um, not like some other folks. And, but now they're the, the bottom of the bales are soaking wet. So, um, and that's a small problem. I mean, you know, looking at one neighbor, their their house is, is just inundated with water. And I've seen a lot of folks that their places just disappeared. They just got sucked off into the river and away it goes. So, John, when we look at that situation, uh, that that's one thing that I think a lot of folks are wondering about is uh, obviously those hay fields, the beet fields as well. I mean, what... Do, do you think you're even going to be able to to put up any type of a hay crop once all that water does come off? Do you think uh, that uh, that warm weather that Yellowstone County is known for uh, come just a few weeks away? Do, do you think there's any miracle of pulling that off? Well, I sure hope so, Lane. I mean, we're 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 going to need the hay, um, and that's generally you know we put up little square bales lot for horse people around the county. Um, and that's what we, we, you know, kind of sell a lot of that. But right now I don't know. I mean, I don't know if we're going to get the, the water off in time that we can, um, do something with this. Um, probably the first cutting is going to be shot because it's all the, the mud that's going to be on all the hay. Um, we'll do the best we can get it up, get it off probably for the cows for the winter. And then hopefully we can get a second cutting at some other point. Um, but you know, uh, the way the expenses are this year. Um, I put down fertilizer on the whole operation and, uh, it was just exponentially more expensive than it was a couple of years ago. Um, and had that all ready to go, thought we had a really good hay crop, had it actually just finished irrigating the hay crop on Friday, turned everything off thinking, oh heck, by the end of the week, I'll be able to start cutting hay and, um, uh, it's going to be a couple more weeks. Oh, that's just a gut punch, John. And uh, especially when you talk about fertilizer prices and everything else. And it's truly such a a, a tale of two cities. Um, when, when I left uh, mon early Monday morning, heading down to Colorado to the, the Cattlemen's Convention there, you know, I saw the forecast and, you know, I, I was talking to folks, seeing uh, just the amount of precipitation that Southern Montana had, had received in the mountains with snow, with rain. And then heck, by by that afternoon, just seeing those images coming out of Gardner, those heartbreaking images, and just and and I've driven down through Yankee Jim Canyon so many times, and just to see the volume of water coming out of there, um, it, it just again it goes to show Mother Nature how fast she can turn. But as I mentioned, that that tale of two cities up here in North Central Montana, I'm I'm broadcasting. Uh, uh, east of uh, Great Falls near Tracy and uh, all my friends, everyone around here, especially up on the High Line, North Central Montana, we, we can't even get get a drop of rain, it seems. It's cloudy out right now. The wind's blowing about 60 miles an hour. Uh, and I just want to point that out because everyone is so sympathetic to all the losses that are going on down there. But there's also devastation drought wise going on in north central Montana. It's just it's such a complex time for so many people in Montana. And, and it really is. It's it, you know, we were actually we missed the whole rainstorm that was down here in the, you know, the south central area of Montana on the weekend. We'd gone up to my folks is in Jordan and we're up there and it's in the middle of basically a drought. Um, it, it looks great, uh, way better than it did in March. I was pretty much expecting there wouldn't be a cow left in Garfield County, um, at, by the end of March. Um, but it turned out it's, it's raining. They got green, ga green grass. It looks pretty good, but there's no runoff. There's nothing that's filled a dam. The, everything is really dry. We went clear out to Fort Peck Reservoir and, and the water's way receded. Um, it's super, super dry. And the same thing I'm hearing from the Northeastern corner as well. 
Um, you know, people are, are downsizing. I've, I've, you know, I've heard of a friend that was going to have to get rid of at least a hundred pair. Um, so they could make it through the summer and they're kind of in that South Glasgow area. Um, and they've got it. They just have to, they don't have the grazing right now. Um, and in the meantime, I have got, you know, two and a half foot of water standing in the middle of my hay field and go, okay, well, I kind of like the irrigation. Um, but that's, that's overkill all the way around. And, um, and then of course, you know, big timber, you know, saw the, the water coming out of the boulder, visited with some friends over there and, uh, they had the boulder river running right square through the middle of their calving, uh, like a barn and it was just an it's just going to be an absolute mess we're, we're rebuilding corrals and trying to get things going and and it's going to be an interesting summer but again it always is in montana <laughs> that it is and uh and i know folks at this point there's there's a lot of efforts to get food, to get people to get a roof over their head. But, uh, you know, there and there's donations set up through the, the Red Cross and through different GoFundMes, uh, through churches and, and other organizations out there. But uh, on the agriculture side of things, I, I have reached out to Montana Farm Service Agency and Les Rispens, the uh, FSA acting administrator there in Bozeman for the state office. He, he did issue a statement. We, we haven't been able to connect. I was hoping maybe he could join us for this conversation. But, uh, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll take this important information that he emailed over to us. We have some of that scrolling on the bottom of uh, our screen here. But um, he says as the floodwaters recede and, and roads reopen and people can start moving around um, those local USDA service centers, FSA employees, NRCS employees uh, will begin completing loss assessment reports, and that'll start the flow of paperwork to the agency headquarters and initiate USDA's response programs. And again, there's so many different uh, programs out there that are going to get activated. I know our congressmen and senators are working on that. Uh, Governor Gianforte's uh, declaration, uh, the emergency declaration, um, but back to that FSA uh, aspect of it, because it is, we, we are going to have losses. We're not going to be able to put up that quality hay. We're going to possibly lose our livestock. And that, it's been hard to keep on to them with, with this drought without liquidating herds. But Lessa uh, just encourages folks once, uh, once things kind of simmer down here that uh, producers should contact their local USDA service center and start reporting damages of livestock, crop, and agriculture infrastructure losses. It, it helps complete, uh, uh, have a complete picture uh, for that office to, to really start putting together all the information they need to assist producers through this. So again, uh, any questions you may have, we'll continue to report and, and give you the most important information for farmers and ranchers and landowners. Uh, but first, uh, any questions you have, contact that local USDA service center. And, and, and I'm sure that there's a spouse that is from a farmer ranch that, and especially those southern Montana offices, that's probably going to be out working, trying to, to get stuff moved around because of this flooding too. But uh, we all need to be patient. But again, as I mentioned, contact that lo local USDA service center for, for kind of those details. And we'll continue to share that. But John, I, I guess, is there anything that you're hearing from in, in Yellowstone County, any resources that way, or is it kind of still uh, a little bit uh, 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 murky kind of like what the water's looking like? Well, it is pretty murky right now. I mean, we're, we're definitely in the beginning stages of that, even though I don't know, it kind of feels like I'm on the 64th day of this week right now and it's Wednesday. Um, so, I mean, we've, it's been a long week already, but those emergency services that were going to come around, whether they are from like the federal level, from FEMA, 
or something along that will step in and try to help some things out. Um, and they're there. They're just not the immediate need. The immediate need is, is neighbors helping neighbors. And that's what we're seeing, whether you're in Fromberg or, or Bridger, or, uh, Edgar, all those places that are affected by the, the flooding that came out of the Clark's Fork. Um, and their people are, they've thrown open the schools. They've, neighbors have thrown open their houses and said, absolutely, you need to take a shower. You need to take a nap, come to the house. We'll get you a meal and, and, you know, put you up. Um, and it, even from the, it's, it, just anything like down at the feed store, down at the Western Ranch Supply, um, people talking to uh, neighbors and, and they get the discussion of going, Hey, yeah, if, if you need a place to, to camp for a few days, come to my house. And, and that's what we do. That's what we do in agriculture. That's what we do in Montana. We help each other out. Um, but this is, this is going to be a little while of cleaning up. And, and once we get all that, the last words out, I know the FSA office and, and those USDA service centers are going to be there to help us as well. Um, but in the meantime, it's just like, we're just waiting for the water to go down so we can see what a mess we really have. Now, how has the alerts gone? Maybe the predictions of how high this watt, how high is the water, Mama? I mean, we just think of Johnny Cash. Um, I, I saw a post that you made on Facebook, maybe referencing the prediction that it was it was it the National Weather Service was putting out yeah. some predictions. Uh, I guess what uh, what what were those predictions, and what was the actual result of that, John? Well, I I, I used to pick on a, a weather guy that I had to deal with for a few years back, John Pulowski. And John would always say the best job in the world is a weather guy because you can be wrong and you still keep your job. And I, I'm not blaming the National Weather Service. It would be hard to predict. But they kept saying that, oh, the weather's the water's going to go down. We're going to hit our crest. It's going to be under 15 feet and then water's going to recede. Um, oh, well, it's OK. 15 point whatever. It's going to go down. The last look, it's like 16 and a half feet is where it's at. And it is starting to back off. You know, I've been using the gauge as our um, irrigation pump. Um, the, it's really good, I think, for those electric motors to soak in water for a few days. I'm not exactly sure how it's better for them, but um, my electric um, uh, pump motor is under about five foot of muddy water right now. Um, but the pipe out of it, I, I can kind of gauge to see where the water's at. I um, mean, it's starting to recede, which is great. Um, but we're not getting that accurate type of prediction and maybe it's just because of, of the certain these current conditions they have no way of knowing how close it's actually going to be but that's what we have to go to and we have to rely on and go oh well, I, it says the water is going to go down so maybe we don't need to do these extenuating um, efforts to make sure that we're mitigating any of the water on our own place but you're kind of on your own um, that's what we had to do we just have to be on our own and make sure that the the dikes that we have put in are being maintained as best they possibly can to save the the immediate farmstead and make sure that we're not losing anything that way what have you seen or heard about railroad crossings or, or bridges I, i've seen some images where uh the railroad uh bridges have been taken out uh, that that's going to be a big issue when it comes to trying to transport commodities oil uh, what, what have you seen in your neck of the woods and the only ones i've really seen is down around the fromberg area and that everything's just soaked um so I, and i don't know i don't know if there's going to be um you know huge amounts of movement that has to be taken to to shore those up but i know the railroad's going to be on it um, because they have the right of way, they're going to go do that. But um, it, it's just like everything else. I mean, if the if the highway washed out and the highway bridge washed out, the more than likely that that railroad bridge isn't going to be any stronger. Um, so they're going to have to go back and check everything before they even let anything go down the line. Um, so it's going to be pretty critical that they get out and check all that stuff right away. Well, again, it uh, 
it is heartbreaking to see, but uh, yeah, I also pray that everyone it stays safe, that livestock are taken care of, and again, safe. That, that's the main thing. But I also pray that producers up in my neck of the woods get a little bit of rain to help uh, get them through this summer. Again, I'm not, I'm not uh, trying to gloss that over whatsoever because it, it, it it's truly uh, such an emotional time uh, for for so many producers. Um, and may, maybe we should. Uh, Maybe we should humor, throw some humor in that. Do, do, I, I, you know, we, I, I should just want to, I do want to mention, we lost a great man recently, uh, Baxter Black, uh, our friend on every Monday, ba Baxter Black on Monday, growing up, listening to KXLO radio. He always brought a smile to everyone's face with his humor and physical humor as well. I mean, knowing the man and, and whatnot, uh, the world truly lost uh, a champion for the real way of life. But I, all of us are going through this tough time. I wanted to share this image that Mr. <laughs> John Lockie uh, discovered back in his broadcast days. That That is Mr. Russell Nimitz there on Baxter's left. Um, some people don't recognize Russell from, from that time frame. But uh, what, uh, where, where did you find that, John? Oh, you know, I, when, when Baxter passed away, I, I got thinking like, I know I have that picture someplace. And so I dug around in, in a, a, a closet and I found that picture of Russell and I and Baxter. Um, and that is, oh my gosh, that is in 1998, I think, um, down at Bill Westfeeds in Billings. Um, Baxter was in town and, and uh, we had a great visit with him. And, and he's he was just one of those guys that had a good story about everything. Um, you know, he wrote a whole poem about being in Jordan of all places and, uh, sitting around talking about, uh, bronc riding with everybody. And, and that one really strung, uh, hung close to heart for everybody that's from Garfield County and, and spent some time over there. And, and then I just got to thinking about this one and, and I dug it up and had, had a chuckle It was a good memory all the way around. And, and, uh, one of the best ones I, I remember Baxter and I won't, I don't, can't get to the, the level that he described it, but he was talking about the, the difficulty in riding a saddle bronc horse. The saddle bronc horse was to make a beautiful ride, was so complicated. It was much like sending um, the, the space shuttle to the moon and bringing it back successfully. Everything has to go exactly right. And then he says, there's bareback riding. It's like shooting a monkey out of a cannon. And uh, that was uh, just was the absolute perfect description of that I've ever heard. And, and I've just laughed about it all my life. Well, the last time that uh, I had dinner with Baxter, it was uh, during Cattle Industry Convention, and we were down in uh, Phoenix, and they had a cowboy comedy club that Russell and I were emceeing. We were the hosts of it, and they had uh, two of the guys off of Whose Line Is It Anyway open up for uh, uh, the Who's Your Sign guy, uh, Billingball. Billingball, yeah. Uh, but uh, Baxter had reached out to Russell and and said, Hey, let, let's all get dinner before this. So we, we actually were able to, to, to go have dinner. Uh, Cindy Lou was there. My wife was there. And, and, and then our, our, our stepchild Russell uh, joined us, <laughs> but, uh, it was just such a, a, that was the last time that we had a nice intimate setting, uh, to, 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 just uh, talk and, and Baxter tell stories. And my wife was just so smitten with him as well. And yeah, he, uh, he actually called my father-in-law up during dinner to see how calving was going <laughs> and that just goes to show just uh how unique that this uh, man was but uh, a truly uh a genuine individual that that cared about what you're talking about and what people are going through and, and when they're going through a tough time that humor truly brings everybody together 
And uh, I, I think we all need a little humor in our lives, uh, especially when we are going through very difficult times, uh, especially with disaster right now. So I, I do. I, I stole that from your Facebook page and and, and wanted to share that with everybody here today because uh, that's just uh, that's Baxter, sort of the Lewis and Clark and Brooks and Dunn of Northern Broadcast. I, I just. <laughs> <laughs> but uh thanks for going on that uh out in the sagebrush uh with me on that one and for our podcast listeners i, I guess i should describe that it's a picture of uh john uh russell nimitz and uh baxter black it, it, we, we can share that on the facebook page if, if you're tuning into this conversation just on the podcast platform but uh john i, I know you probably have to go keep an eye on things uh, around your place uh but I, I just want to bring it back to, you know, Montana. We're, we're, we have a lot of people moving here. We, we all know that, but we're all still Montanans and we support each other. And, and I think that's the, I felt so helpless being, you know, in Colorado the last day and a half and, and watching this and, but just seeing all the people from all different backgrounds, going to Sam's club, going to Costco, you know, loading up trucks, trying to get people uh, just get get water and look at billings the the water plant has already shut down because of the flooding I, and I, but just to see the people come together especially during these these times where politics have us so separated it seems uh, it, it's 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 heartwarming to see people come together during these hard times well, and, and I, I keep going back to that's the way we are in Montana. But, you know, the I, I know down in Fromberg, they had John Deere showed up with a whole pallet load of uh, bottled water and showed up and just dropped it off at the Fromberg school so that everybody had, you know, access to it and, and whether or not they, you know, sandwiches or whatever it is for people to come get. Um, but we get a lot of stories and, and absolutely the, the vi visual of that tree floating um, up uh, Broadway in, in uh, Red Lodge is very dramatic. I mean, it's, it's horrible. It hit that building. I mean, it's a, and a, what a beautiful spot and whatnot, and it just wrecked it, but no one's really talking the story right now of the millions of dollars worth of farm ground that is getting destroyed. We've got um, sand and rocks and debris that's being pushed out across all these fields. And now a lot of times it's just left for the producer to clean it up on your own. Um, so, you know, we've got to step up and try to do that and help ourselves out. Um, but those are the things what these small communities, they always bind around each other anyway and do the best you possibly can to, to correct the situation and, and fix it uh, and help your neighbor out. Um, like, you know, my neighbors, you know, they're, they're brand new to Montana. They've been here for less than a year. They came up from Arizona. They fit in. They, they fit in. They, they're the type of people that want to throw in and help. Uh, at the same time, to, to give each other space, because that's what we're known for. You know, like we got space for a reason. Um, but, you know, they found out that, hey, people will offer and they say and they we mean it. Um, bring your horses, bring your goats up. We'll find some place to put them. The haze in the stack, feed them. You know, it's just it's a calamity right now. So we have to do something to help each other out. Well, I'm glad you brought up that point of people are so out of touch with how their food is produced and you don't realize that those big rock piles in the corner <laughs> of that field when you're driving past one of those uh one of those sugar beet fields or a wheat field down in that country or, or anywhere across uh, the america that was somebody out there picking rocks improving mm -hmm. that land improving that soil and and just to see like the images that you shared with us just see all that wood and water out there you, you can't just go run your equipment over that and, and try to put up a crop 
and uh that, no. that's well, gonna take I, that's not gonna take a week or two to clean up either no and i when i was just out there there's a bloody railroad tie floating in the middle of the hayfield and and that will take uh, out the header. I'm positive if I run that over uh, the header over there without cleaning it up. So you got to go walk the entire field and try to get it cleaned up. And of course, the hay was waist high, um, and now it's going to be mashed down. Uh, maybe it'll be mashed down. Maybe it's all dead. I don't know yet. I'm going to be positive and say it's going to clean up and be fine. But it's going to be the the same type of deal. We got to get out there and start picking up all that um, debris that's going to be floated across. I haven't seen a whole tree come across my place yet, as I uh, have seen on the neighbors, where a 50-foot tall cottonwood tree that's eight foot around just went floating down in the middle of their field. And like those aren't going to be any fun to move. Those are going to, you're going to have to wait till it dries out so you can get some big equipment in there to move those around. Um, so we're, I'm, I'm still, um, I, I'm happy that I'm, I'm not see, seeing that uh, damage on my place, but I know that other people are. And so, you know, we'll be down there with our tractors and try to clean them up for them as best we possibly can and move things around. Um, but there are a lot of fence to be needs to be rebuilt. And just um, th this is one of them ones that it's going to be a long summer to fix everything. Well, and uh, it just seems there's there's so much unknown at this point as well. And and I hope folks just from our simple conversation uh, here today can can at least uh, have uh, some information to, to help start this process of rebuilding, uh, whether that's rebuilding those uh, pasture lands or, or crop lands or rebuilding their homes. Uh, but uh, I guess that's the spirit of Montana, as you mentioned, just people coming together, supporting each other. And I, I take my hat off to everybody that's uh, volunteering, sending do dollars uh, through GoFundMe pages, uh, through the Red Cross. And, and I warn everybody, make sure that uh, those are vented, verified donation hubs. Uh, uh, you, you can look at that because... You know what? Some people just like to take advantage of people during these difficult times. So make sure uh, you know exactly where your donations are going to. Um, absolutely. It, it, this is a good time to look through that, that they're actually being verified as to what is out there and where it's going. Because there's some, it's just slimy humans all the way around. They're just slimy people that are trying to take advantage of a disaster like this and, you know, set up a GoFundMe and just keep the money or something like that. And, and um, you know, make sure you know where it's going to or or you know take it down to the the local banks are going to be doing stuff you know they are um and and help us out as much as we possibly can well again john lockie thank you so much for taking time here today to to join us uh to discuss and share uh your firsthand account and i know so many thousands of people are going through the same thing and uh do it do what you can if you live here in montana or if you're tuning in from somewhere else we here in rural America, we support each other, whether that's wildfires. I mean, yeah, look at look at Red Lodge. This time last year, they were burning down up in the mountains. Mm -hmm. So just uh, Mother Nature, it, she, she's hard to understand. We need to respect her, and uh, the folks in agriculture do. Uh, they get frustrated with her, <laughs> but they, they, they respect her and, and try to take care of uh, what she provides for us uh, in improving our, our ecosystems and landscapes. And uh, we're going to be getting that opportunity to improve those pastures and, and whatnot. But uh, what, what, what are you hearing uh, from sugar beet guys? How is that going to impact? I, I, I just don't see. Uh, that's scary. If, if, well, if any of those fields were flooded, they're going to have a heck of a time with it. That they're, they're just, you know, in that they're pretty critical stage. 
Um, and those plants don't like to be flooded that hard at this critical stage. But for that matter, neither does corn. The people that have got cornfields in, they don't, that corn plant um, on both sides of the Duck Creek Bridge right now on, on the, the north side of the river, um, they're just big old corn flats right in there on those irrigated fields. And they're not irrigated, they're flooded right now. And they're, you know, they're probably two or three feet underwater. Um, so it's going to be an absolute mess for a lot of irrigated guys that, you know, whether it's, it's their, their sugar beet or, you know, the barley plant or whatever it is, they're going to have a heck of a time with those um, fields that are um, heavily inundated. It just, it really, I think at this point is going to be critical of how quickly it goes off. Um, and then if we can get some warmer days without being blistering hot, it's supposed to be knocking on the door of a hundred over the weekend in South central Montana. Um, so if it's, if it's around a hundred, that's not going to help much either. Um, we need it to go off, but we need it to, um, be kind of a nice warm instead of a hot warm like that. So that things will be able to, to heal up and regrow. Yeah, that's just, yeah. Barley ever. I mean, yeah, so many different commodities growing along the Yellowstone. What, uh, I guess, what's your uh, thought of how it's going to be? Do you think that the flooding is going to dissipate a little more as it, as, as it heads north and heads towards the Missouri or, or do you have a warning for the folks uh, downstream? Well, all I've been doing is just like everybody else. I've been watching the national weather service, watching those weather, um, those river gauges. Um, and I don't know if the one in Billings is just malfunctioning. I don't know that. Um, but you know, Forsyth looks like they're, they're, um, could get right to flood stage. Mile city always has a little issue with flooding on the, on the Yellowstone. It can come out of the bank pretty quickly in around mile city. Glendive's got a lot more room. Um, and then at the confluence when you get up there past Sydney, um, you know, I, I think it, it kind of widens out, you know, they're used to being able to have a wider river down there. Um, and then when it dumps in the Missouri and you get into the, the confluence, well, there's really the Missouri is about half dry. I mean, the, we're not getting the water down the Missouri, um, the snowpack, when you look at the, the snowtail um, uh, percentages across the state, as compared to what's normally there, they're 2,000%, they're 1,500%, they're or 150%. It's, it's really wide ranging. It's all above normal, but it's because we've had this delayed um, warm up. We haven't got the, that warm that we normally get and start to see that snow come off. So that snow staying up in the mountains and, and, it could come off in a, in a mad rush and then cause us a, an imaginable, unimaginable amount of problems. Um, you know, the, you know, there's lots of room. We've got plenty of room and all the dams. The last I heard Canyon Ferry was like 18 feet below full pool. Um, and Fort Peck is somewhere south of 20 feet um, that they're below full pool. And that's a lot of water that they can stick in Fort Peck. Um, so we've got, I think, storage space at this point. Um, but you know, then of course the, we don't own the water in Montana. It's got to go down to flow to barge, you know, downstream someplace. So it's going to be a pretty cr ish, big issue for us of holding that water. Um, the Missouri, you know, the amount of, uh, irrigation that's up on the upper Missouri versus the lower Missouri. And there's the huge stretch in the middle. That's just the lakes and, uh, the reservoirs and those reservoirs, you know, they, they're keeping for flood control. Um, and they've got enough room to, to save some water. Um, so I don't know that we're going to have a bad flood problem by the time it gets to Sydney or, or even further on into North Dakota. Well, again, a lot of water moving, uh, moving down the river there, but, uh, John, any last thoughts or you would just like to share with us? Uh, I have tried to wrap this talk up a few times, but then I, I think it other things to ask, but, uh, anything else you'd just like to share with our audience, uh, uh through the streaming platforms or on the podcast today? 
you know, really, it's just uh, I appreciate all the thoughts and prayers and re- people have reached out. And and it's it's really it's it's done my heart good when you, you see the amount of people that said, hey, I've got a spot for bring your horses up or bring your you know whatever. you If you if it's that bad, bring your trailers up or something. We can park them in the yard until the water goes down. And and that makes me feel good. And, and we can just that's the best thing we can do for each other. in in the times that we're in right now is that you're not in this alone. Um, and help your neighbor, reach for your neighbor, and and they're there for you, and you got to be there for them. Well, being there for each other, it's it's something that that I think we do pretty well here in Montana. And again, stay safe out there, friends. And uh, if you are making donations, as I mentioned, make sure that you're donating to those verified sources. Uh, again, those slime balls out there, they love to take advantage uh, of uh, when, when chaos uh, occurs. So just uh, be aware of uh, those donations and. Uh, uh, thank you to all those uh, saints that are taking the time to deliver food, opening their houses, and uh, letting people bring livestock up, as John said. Uh, that, that's what makes Montana what it is. It's not Yellowstone, the TV show, that makes Montana what it is. It's no. the true people in Montana that make it what it is. So, uh, John Lockey, friend, thank you for joining us uh, here today. And uh, everyone out there, as I mentioned, stay safe. Uh, start tracking those losses. I know that's something you probably don't want to start doing that because there's so much on your plate, but track those losses out on your farms and ranches uh, with this disaster. It's just going to make helping get through this so much easier working with those local USDA service centers. And uh, Russell Nimitz and I here at Western Ag Network and the LaneCast Ag Podcast, we're going to continue to do, and Haley Ship and Rachel Gable, the whole whole crew, I should mention, uh, we're going to continue to do our our job of getting all this information out out there so so everyone is informed on radio, TV, and our multimedia platforms. And with that, I'm going to uh, wrap this up here today. So thank you so much, John Lockie, for joining us. And uh, have a great day and stay safe out there, John. Thanks, Lane. That will do it for today's Langcast Ag podcast slash videocast here with the Western Ag Network. I'm Lane Nordland. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for tuning into the Langcast with Talkin' Ag, Lane Nordland. For more on Lane, check out his Facebook page, Lane Nordland Ag Broadcaster and NordlandCommunications.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the Langcast on your Apple or Android devices. We look forward to joining you next time on the Langcast.